I'm Todd Dills, and on this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we're talking with Overdrive Senior Editor James Gillette, who penned the piece I suspect many of you noticed in the last couple of weeks at overdriveonline.com or in the December print magazine about new enforcement heat on emissions regulations from the Environmental Protection Agency when it comes to post-2006 heavy-duty diesel engines. The story was spurred on by a particular case that caught everybody's attention here for sure, and which reverberated around the owner-operator world when a shop in Pennsylvania was hit with fines for performing, essentially, emissions-defeating work for a two-truck fleet. It was not the only action EPA, in this case in concert with DOT, has taken against shops doing this kind of work, but what was remarkable about this one was that it also hit the owner-operator getting the work done to a certain degree. From that point, up until we put the December issue to bed last month, Gillette's been working the area toward the, quote, engine tinkers beware, unquote, feature. And his reporting led him into a variety of areas, including work on how ECM retuned device providers have responded to the modern emissions era of equipment, how engine manufacturers are viewing the various engine modifications that are possible, risks owner-operators face, and more. I asked him to detail his work on and goals for the story and how that may have shifted along the way toward determining just what owner-operators needed to know about the lay of the land in the area of emissions and fraction enforcement. Here's James Gillette responding. Our news editor, Matt Cole, kind of monitors the wire for these crime reports and things, particularly from the DOT. And uh, this, uh, this news release that we received uh, pointed to an enforcement case that was done in conjunction by DOT and EPA, um, where they had yeah, busted a... a uh, it's called Switzer's Garage, but as my understanding, it was also sort of uh, connected to some other companies, um, you know, some other uh, fleets and things. But, yeah, it was kind of a bust by EPA uh, and DOT for uh, illegally modifying emissions control systems. And from what I gathered from this, it was sort of an extreme example in terms of uh, they were seriously just, you know, tampering with the emissions control systems, whether that was plating off the EGR or, um, you know, completely disabling the uh, after treatment system on these trucks. But just so happened that a uh, yeah two truck owner operator named Dennis Paul Hamas is, I believe, how you pronounce it or something along those lines, uh, had had work done at that shop and got caught up in it. And, and it seemed to catch fire with a lot of our readers, you know, obviously um, something that, um, you know, that, that they were very interest, interested in. And so we started exploring it a little further. Um, and, and I wanted to talk to as many folks as I could from the uh, the companies that, that do engine alterations that are traditionally fairly popular with owner operators, such as uh, altering ECMs to improve horsepower or fuel economy, um, you know, talk to manufacturers about uh, modern emissions control systems and how they operate within the engine and how owner operators and or shops can navigate altering their engine as they wish without um, crossing the line into illegal tampering or, or, you know, crossing the line of, of violating the clean air act or any other emissions regulations. And uh, I tried to, I tried to solicit uh, information from, from owner operators too, but as you can imagine that, you know, I, I don't, I think a lot of folks were hesitant to discuss what they do, to their engine or have done to their engine just out of, you know, fear of, of being targeted by EPA or DOT. And uh, I think a big, a big kicker in this whole thing is that 
you know, owner operators uh, a lot of times have secondhand equipment. You know, they I know a lot of owner operators buy new equipment, but a lot of owner operators buy used equipment, too. And so as as more late model engines have filtered down from from uh, the first hand market into the second hand market and are becoming more common uh, among owner operators and very small fleets, you know, talking, uh, you know, let's say 2008 to 2014 model trucks. Um, you know, owner operators now are, are increasingly running equipment that have the uh, emissions control components like EGR and SCR systems. And so it's kind of what we what I want to do is take a look at, you know, how can owner operators uh, still uh, do what they want to their equipment, but but not run the risk of getting into territories where they could be fined or have enforcement action taken against them. Uh, over these issues and and really kind of what we found is there's increasingly there's you know not much that owner operators can do outside of operating within the the engine manufacturer's recommendations for altering their engine whether that's upgrading horsepower and that type of thing and and so it, it was kind of um you know I kept I kept trying to find information to, with all the folks I talked to, like, well, what can owner operators do, and how do they know if they cross the line? And a lot of a lot of people, particularly from the manufacturer side, said, well, you shouldn't really be doing anything, and that's that's kind of the sobering sobering truth of it. It sounds almost like you know, uh, outside of kind of you know uh, adjusting the horsepower rating of the engine, uh, you know, within a range that the manufacturer approves uh, of or manufacturer built it for. Um, and reading the story to me, it, it, it really did sound like there's not uh, uh, not a lot that's like uh, quote unquote kosher, as it were, from a from a legality perspective. But uh, it sort of begs the question of you know, knowing that uh, a lot is possible, how much uh, how much risk are uh, guys who've done more than that? Uh, in at this point, uh, you know, uh, do you have a sense of a sense of kind of uh, how uh, the extent of enforcement uh, has has been uh, to date, and uh, you know, and where that's really targeted? It doesn't seem like a lot of owner operators have been actually uh, caught up in it. No, and and I uh, I talked to EPA about this a uh, little bit, and they referred me to uh, their their. Uh, a page on their website where it lists all of the enforcement actions taken under the Clean Air Act uh, for these types of violations. And um, <clears throat> in September, what they told me was that there had been 22 uh, enforcement actions that had been closed. So, uh, you know, they had they had initiated some type of enforcement action and then had settled that. And uh, but if you look at the actual number of, of enforcement actions that have been initiated, I'd say it's about uh, twice that, you know, maybe close to 50 since the beginning of January, 2017. Um, and sure. so it's, they're not, they're not, it's not as rampant as it may seem. And a lot of those enforcement actions were, like you said, for the shops that were actually performing the work, not necessarily the owner operators or the, or the fleets or the, the end user, so to speak. Um, however, I think it was kind of, there's kind of two threads here. You know, if you, if you want to take, you know, if you want to, if you want to do some work to your, your truck or engine that tries to upgrade the horsepower, tries to get better fuel economy, you know, something that's sort of done, uh, from a, uh, you know, a non, um, 
you know, a non-mischievous manner. You know, I think you run the most risk on these if you're if you're intentionally tampering with the emissions control systems. Now, you know, it, it, the enforcement issue is hard because, you know, if you're if you tamper with your emissions control systems and you're you're running in a state uh, that or most states that, that do not, uh, you know, require um, emissions checks annually or whatever, like it would kind of be hard from an enforcement perspective for EPA or DOT to do anything about that. However, you know, if, if you played off your EGR or do some other type of emissions tampering, um, I think increasingly enforcers will kind of spot that and, and maybe know, uh, they may see something that may flag, uh, cause a red flag and, and they may try to take action. Uh, or if you have to go into a shop and get work done, um, you know, you kind of could run the risk if that shop is, is not cool working on an engine that's been tampered with, they could report that or, or you know, not work on your, on your equipment. Um, but yeah, and, and EPA's own fines kind of make clear that our connection and or difficulties therein, as it were, betrayed us here. Gillette went on to make the point that fines and where they're going and how big they are show that the sword EPA is increasingly willing to wield around heavy-duty emissions work is sharper when it comes to shops doing the work. At once, fines possible for individual truck owners, as the June case showed, are nothing to sniff at themselves. So the fines for a truck owner um, who, has, who has tampered with their emissions systems or, or violated the Clean Air Act is uh, $4,600 and change per infraction. So, you know, if you've, if you've got multiple infractions, that could run, run that uh, fine up pretty hefty. Um, but for shops, it's 46000 and change uh, for a violation. So, you know, they really want to mitigate it from, the, from the, the shops that do this type of work. And, you know, this is not uncommon. Uh, talk, to, talk to one owner operator who had been solicited by multiple shops to uh, have his... Uh, his emissions control systems disabled, um, both from he was the, running uh, one of those. He was running one of those Max Force engines uh, from back uh, when Navstar had a lot of problems with those, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think there was sort of a little bit of a cottage industry, so to speak, that developed around that. They're like, hey, if you've got a Navstar engine or a uh, Max Force engine from Navstar between these years, and you know that the emissions control components will uh, give you fits, or damage the engine in other ways, um, you know, we can we can we can set you up to where we can try to mitigate that by plating off the EGR or whatever. And, um, and so this, this particular owner operator had been uh, solicited and received uh, estimates from shops that uh, are those, that type of work, um, you know, in plain language, like, here's what we're going to do. And it's, and, it, um, and so he ultimately did not go through with that, but, uh, but, you know, it's not just the illegal tampering that you have to watch out for. It's, uh, it's things that traditionally owner operators have been, known to do like uh you know use a tuner or a retuner that that alters their ecm you know changes the timing of of their engine uh, and that type of thing that you know could be done all in good faith but still could put your engine out of violation out of compliance with with emissions uh rules you did, you did talk us just to uh to a lot of the companies that supply uh those kinds of devices uh for the story i think you know what from their perspective you know how much um how much uh, do they, do they, if at all, uh, sort of feel, feel the sort of enforcement heat on this uh, if they're if they're going outside of uh, you know what what may be legal? I guess. I think the EPI, uh, the EPA, and and the enforcement side uh, kind of has a keen eye on 
on some of the major, the larger suppliers of these uh, these retuning devices, um, and and have taken action against some of the bigger ones. You know, Bully Dog is a is a a really big supplier of tuners and in, in the for diesel uh, engines, not just heavy duty, but you know, pickup uh, engines as well. And and they had to go into a settlement with EPA, where I think they would pay something like three hundred thousand dollars and and fines and then several million you know upwards of six million dollars in um you know educating their users on how not to uh how not to tamper with their emissions control systems and none of that was really relative to uh uh, class eight uh engines but as gillette notes the bully dog case involved devices that worked in light duty vehicles not heavy duty diesels You can find coverage of that case summarized in the December story Gillette wrote about these issues. If you haven't seen it, search, quote, engine tinkerers, end quote, at overdriveonline.com. Coverage of the case at the time, too, can be found by searching Bully Dog there. That's that's one company that uh, that I spoke to, and uh, they they still maintain that their equipment is legal and and does not illegally alter uh, emissions control systems. But uh, Pit Power, who's who's a been a pretty prominent supplier of this type of uh, work in in the owner op- among owner operators of small fleets. They've kind of taken um, a different approach and have, and have uh, sort of put the kibosh on any any tuning work to modern engines while they work with the EPA on a device that will be uh, that will ensure that they're compliant. Um, and then another major supplier, PDI, uh, they have. Uh, invested what they told me, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars into developing a device that can retune engines within the manufacturer specified ranges in terms of horsepower and everything, but still um, uh, increase fuel economy and and upgrade horsepower. And they've even worked with uh, the California Air Resources Board, who in a lot of ways can be stricter than EPA on these emissions control systems and have received executive orders from CARB directly stating that, yes, these, these, um, this retuner can work with engines and, and still be used in our state. Um, so, so there's been a lot of, uh, and, you know, I, I wrote a story about six or seven years ago now about the, the state of the retuning market. And, um, it was very active back then, particularly, with, with engines that were pre-emissions control systems, you know, you could, there was a lot more leeway there for operators to do what they wanted with their engines and upgrade the horsepower right. and alter the fuel economy and that type of thing. And, um, but you know, they, they've had to do a lot of work, um, the last, you know, half decade or so to, to make sure that they're not, they're not causing these engines to go out of compliance. And, um, so it's it's just a very it's just a market that's very much in flux or, or has been in flux over the last half decade because of because of the uh, altered state of emissions regulations. It's pretty wild. I mean, it seems like uh, there's like a level of sophistication uh, among these these companies that has uh, has sort of grown by uh, uh, by degrees for sure since then. It uh, sounds like uh, sounds like a tough task that they have. Uh, uh, ahead of them, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't envy them at all in that regard. When you when you sit back and, and, you, and you kind of think about what readers should take from this, I know I've, I've seen a lot of comments to the effect of have run the gamut from you know, oh well, you know, they'll just uh, they'll just find find a shop or find some of the big tuners uh, uh, just to make an example, and you know, the rest of us will just go down the road and keep doing what we're doing. 
and you know, and then I've, and we, and of course, you talk to um, owner operator Brad Triplett about what he's done, and you know, he he's very clear on uh, you know having done done a retune like just within the manufacturer recommendations. Not worried about fines in particular, just uh, you know, mainly worried about the health of the engine uh, over the long term. You know, right. I don't know. You know, when you when you kind of uh, you know, think about the totality of the situation uh, that is described in the story, what do you feel like uh, owner operators should take from it uh, principally? Um, you know, I understand that that sentiment that hey, you know, that they're going to hit the shops, they're going to make examples out of some of these companies just to try to to scare folks into not tampering with their emissions systems. And I'm not saying that that you know is is not the case, but. You know, you have to understand if you're a single truck owner operator or, or, or a small fleet or any size fleet that if you have a, a truck with modern emissions control systems like EGR and SCR, that any any alterations you make to your engine that could uh, affect the emissions output, uh, you know, you do so at your own risk. You know, whether you whether you have the chance of getting caught or not, you know, that's that's certainly up for debate. And and I, I if you do the work that that to your engine that puts your engine out of compliance with the emissions regulations in the year it was built, you are running a risk of, of getting fined or having enforcement action taken against you. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of the risk you'd have to take, I guess, is that if you want to, and if you're outside of the, if you're outside of the manufacturer, uh, uh, recommendation, uh, ranges of, uh, all sorts of, uh, parameters. Um, you also run the risk of engine issues, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you could you could if you have a truck that particularly if it's new and you um, had a warranty on it or even if you had purchased the warranty or even if you just had the manufacturer's warranty, um, you know, if you do something that a, that a certified dealer shop would recognize as tampering or perhaps uh, outside of the bounds of the Clean Air Act, uh, they probably won't work on it and they'll probably also avoid your warranty. So you've wasted money there and you've and you've set yourself up to where if you do have an engine malfunction uh, or a breakdown, um, you know, you, you might be on the hook for a lot more money than you would have been otherwise. And, and the other issue to that is not just avoided warranty, but like you said, you could set your engine up for for failure. Um, you know, uh, one person, yeah, exactly. And, and one one uh, shop I talked to, uh, I think it was Pit Power. They said that, you know, we they've sort of developed a. Uh, you know, they've had to work on a lot of engines where an owner operator, or another shop had illegally altered the engine and it caused massive failures to the tunes of uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of repair. Um, so, you know, there's also there's that cost benefit analysis there that like whatever you think you're trying to gain from a perspective of dollars and cents, um, you have to weigh that against the the possibility that you could cause your engine to have uh you know a massive failure that could cost tens of thousands of dollars to fix and if you don't have a warranty for that uh you know you got to be able to pay for it i talked to cummins about this a little bit and and the case that they made was that when when the manufacturer started to having to uh, started to have to develop these emissions control components it wasn't just something that they slapped on the engine at the end and and it took care of emissions no the technology from what they told me is is sort of built in from uh you know the ground up from the engine uh it, it works yeah. very much in conjunction with the engine particularly from the electronic control module and um and so it's it's not like you just disable this and the engine would have been the same as it was without without the scr system or without the after treatment system something of an unfortunate reality there no doubt from 
For so many who had ticky-tack failures mount up to repeated thousands of dollars worth of repairs, with sensors and dosers and wiring harnesses and the gamut of emissions control components over the last decade the DPF and now SCR systems have been in place, I know. We've been running a poll over at overdriveonline.com trying to gauge how far ECM retuning devices or full-on emissions defeat work have found their way into the owner-operator world. And as of this morning, December 14th, though it was a little early for full results, about half of folks are reporting having no experience with any such modification. Though the other half, well, there's a variety of responses there, from folks who've performed emissions defeats to re- and retunes, both within and outside of manufacturer recommendations. Find the poll to take part yourself at overdriveonline.com to help us get a bead on how common this all has been this last decade. The subject at hand, too, reminds me of my conversation with Arizona-based Dean DeSantis, whose wife Teresa runs to this day in the pristine Witches Inn Custom Pete 359 that the two began their career in. Many of you will be familiar with it from the show circuit, no doubt. You might have seen my recent month's story with, and video with Dean about his career gambler, 2018 Peterbilt 389, which he's put together this year with a big ARI bunk with plans of returning himself to the road toting a flatbed, likely in the new year. DeSantis sold out his small fleet, which hauled hazardous waste, a couple decades ago and then spent those subsequent decades himself in the management side of that larger operation. In quote, the corporate world, end quote, as he puts it. He specced the 2018 389 with a Packard motor, partly to, he says, show others the way toward what he sees as improving emissions technology and away from things like emissions deletes and defeats. Here's DeSantis speaking from the Guilty by Association truck show in Joplin, Missouri, back in, back in September. So I ordered the truck in like June of 2017. Okay. It came in in October of 17. It was just a cab and a frame. Okay. Uh, December time frame, I put fenders on it, a couple of other knick-knacky things. But I basically was waiting for my time slot to get ARI to put the bunk on. Okay. So it went up in April of 18. The bunk got completed the end of May. So ARI did that custom sleeper. It's a 124-inch sleeper. Okay. Um, since then, I brought it out here to Joplin Peterbilt at uh, Truck Rods, that's their body shop, and we painted the stripes, we put the deck plates on, and again, a few other trinket items. So the truck has not rolled yet, it's got about a thousand miles on it, um, just getting ready to get it on the road. It's going to pull a flatbed, um, ordered a flatbed from East Manufacturing, that'll be in in December. And I guess, you know, the interesting story about the truck, in my opinion, I have been working in corporate America for 25 years. Grew up as a truck driver. My wife and I started with that truck right there. With the, with the 359, the witches in. Yeah. We, we built a company with that truck and a few others. Okay. And we sold it. And I've been, you know, working in that corporate world. The people that bought me out, I've kind of been, you know, working in that arena in the waste business. And I got to, you know, a place of some comfort financially and I just don't want to work commercially anymore. So I uh, worked out a deal with the ownership. I'm going to be leaving my employment in January. And uh, because my health is still decent, I'm going to go try to drive a little bit. So, so get the crux behind career gambler. Yeah, Because sure. at 56 years old, I'm going to stop working and try to drive again. Are you going to be working in that business that you built with? Uh... I'm going to be working pulling a flatbed like my wife does. Okay. 
we grew up in the waste business. Okay. We hauled mm -hmm. hazardous waste, and then I've been working in that field for 25 years. Yeah. Well, like right now, I have the truck leased at my own company that oh, I yeah. run, Heritage, just to give me some legality so sure. I can drive it around. Um, but I hope to have it running March of 19. Okay. And I hope to have it, you know, leased onto somebody in a flatbed arena. You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot, I don't think any of us are doing enough to pay it forward. So you think about promoting the next generation. I mean, I, I mean, who's doing that? Right. So I'm hoping that I can go out and meet some folks like I'm doing here today and maybe help encourage the young kids to get in the business. Yeah. Because as much as we talk about autonomous trucks, I don't think it's here for the next generation. I mean, it might be in the future, but it's probably not here for this generation. So I, I still think we got to drive, right? In the world of everyone building gliders, yeah. again, I'm, I'm a guy who kind of cut, cuts across the grain a little bit. I've been running a fleet with all new engines, yeah. and I know a lot about this Packard motor, and maybe when it first came out, it wasn't the best. So 2010 through 2012, I had my own trials and tribulations, but, but this updated engine, the 2018 model, the one canister, I mean, let's face it, I'm walking around here yesterday, and everybody's talking about deleting their DPFs and getting away from emissions, and I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to show people that I think in today's world we got to embrace it. Um, we should be trying to like you know move forward. So from 10 and 11 when we were choking, right? Yep, yep. And you know Packard was doing everything they could, but honestly things weren't working out. Right. Cummings had their own fair share of problems. We had a lot of engine failures with ISX engines in, right. in 13, 14, 15. The fuel pump issue. We all kind of lived through that. Um, you know, I'm, the company I run is based in Indiana, so I have a lot of ties to Cummings, you know? Okay. Uh, I know a lot of the corporate guys, you know, they're always trying to use us as a guinea pig to maybe help test. But I would tell you that, you know, trucks built in 17 and 18 now are really much, much improved. So okay. hopefully these electronics and wiring harnesses and sensors that we all fight. Because the other thing I would tell you is we don't have big failures, big engine failures. We don't lose blocks. We don't lose connecting rods, you don't lose head gaskets. We're losing stupid stuff. Wiring harness. Stupid stuff, sure, as DeSantis said, but for many owner operators I know, it all has amounted to a little more headache than it's worth. Here's hoping DeSantis is right though, and these engine systems are improving. What have you seen with yours? Leave a message on our podcast line via 530-408-6423 at any time, and until next time, Stay safe out there.